Hello and close up to episode 104 of Alternative Wales the podcast. Um, just me here at the moment. Um, I'm currently on holiday, um, so we haven't been able to do a proper podcast for you. But instead, we've got a very special guest. It's um, the Pennebot manager, Reese Griffiths. Um, he's going to talk to us about uh, his side's preparations for their first ever foray into European football. Um, they take on FC Santa Coloma of Andorra next week, Thursday in Bridgend at the Brewery Fields. Um, and then uh, the following week away in Andorra. So yeah, it's just um, a bit of a, a chat with Reese about how, how they're preparing to take on a team, you know, they largely know nothing about before the draw, um, and a bit about the Cymru Premier and wider Welsh football in general. It's really interesting. Reese has, um, you know, Reese has been in the game for a long, long time. Uh, obviously, a very um, successful player and. Um, He's taken to management like a duck to water. So, yeah, we go into all of that, um, and it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, but before you hear that, just a reminder that uh, the best way to support the podcast, as always, is to buy a copy of the magazine. Issue 10 is still available. Issue 9 is still available, and that also has a really uh, good in-depth interview with Reese in there um, if you want to hear more from him. Um, that's it from me. Um, there will be no podcast next week. Um, because I'm still away, um, but then yeah, hopefully we'll be back um, with the, the regular weekly podcasts um, after that. So uh, yeah, thanks again as always for listening uh, and enjoy what you hear from Reese Jochavo. I'm joined by Cumbria Premier goalscoring legend and the current manager of Pennebont, Reese Griffiths. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Reese. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Um, so obviously you've got a big game coming up as you lead Pennebont into their first ever European uh, tie as uh, your side take on FC Santa Coloma of Andorra in the Europa Conference League. Um, we'll start first with the league campaign that got you there in the first place. Um, finishing third despite a six-point deduction. Um, it felt like it had been coming for a few seasons, um, but it must have been really rewarding to to get across the line uh, after getting closer and closer over the few, last few years. Yeah, of course it was. And I think when you look back at the few years, in our minds, it probably felt like it had um, been dragging on and that we should have done it and that probably when's it going to happen and surely this time. And, but in reality, been in the league four years, um, and missed out a couple of times. You know, it wasn't probably the saga that we were building up in our own minds. But obviously, to get there, fantastic. Um, no question that it was deserved. The six-point saga again um, added to the roller coaster, uh, and also added to the elation at the end, really, and, and probably more than anything, relief. So. Yeah, fantastic to get there and, and really proud of it. And I think I'm not the type of person who's ever going to say, well, great, we've done it. Let's like, take the foot off the gas. I, I don't really work like that. But there are there is an element that, you know, I know now that whatever happens, we we achieved history for the club. And I think we've done that throughout my time here, um, you know, which is a complete group effort. Uh, and just this was another thing just to say, look what we did when, when eventually, certainly when I finish anyway. 
Um, so obviously you've been at Pennebont since 2016 and overseen, uh, you know, probably almost a meteoric rise from the second tier, um, you know, sort of mid-table second tier side to top six Cymru Premier regulars, you know, Welsh Cup finalists and now European qualifiers. You know, what do you think has been behind this rise, um, you know, of the club? Me. <laughs> no, no, no. I guess I'm stick for that now. No, look, I just think first and foremost, the club was was ambitious. The people in the background, you know, there's always when we were trying to get into the Welsh Prem, I used to hear a lot of people saying they'll never actually go. They're talking a good game, they won't actually go. And at the time that was really frustrating because I knew that we wanted to go and that and but I can understand why people would say that because so many clubs talk a good game in the Cymru South level or Cymru North. And then when it, they don't actually put it in place, I appreciate how much it costs to do to do it. So, you know, I've gone, that is what it is. But for us to actually, you know, say we wanted to do it. And I, I when I came to the club, they were, they were genuine that they wanted to do it. And the driving forces behind the club um, you know, the key board members were always ambitious and weren't going to let anything stop us getting there. And of course, I'm well driven. Um, and and the facilities, whilst we had to improve them, we had to spend hundreds of thousands, let's get it right, to get into the Welsh Prem from when I started, let alone before when I came to the club. Um, the infrastructure was already strong. So if you went to a club in the Cymru South who... I'm not going to name any names or anything, but say there was had a very basic facility and yet they were saying, let's go to the Welsh Prem, we want to do it, we want to do it. Reality is you're probably half a million quid away from being able to go to the Welsh Prem. We weren't like that. We were only a quarter of a million. So that was, uh, it it was much more doable. So I think I look back at it, you know, sometimes I think I sort of finished playing, solely playing too early, but I would never swap it, no way. Absolutely. Right, obviously FC Santa Cloma are your opposition, uh, aside from Andorra, probably relatively unknown to to the average uh, Welsh football fan and sort of probably the average football fan in general. Um, For those who don't know, uh, they've qualified for Europe, I think, 18 times since uh, the turn of the century, uh, but have only advanced past the first stage on two occasions. When they came out of the hat, um, what were your initial thoughts about them? Well, my initial thoughts were, are we going to get there? Because I'd already been told by the estate agent that we've been working with, uh, Perfection Travel, that Andorra is historically is a difficult place to get to for mm. sporting teams. Um, that's actually proved to be the case that, it, you know, we have been, um, we, it's sorted now, but it has, it has been a struggle to get the right type of flights at the, the right times. And then, you know, once you get to, the, the airport over that side is another three, four hour journey. So that was my first thought. But then, of course, you just accept it is what it is. That's who we've got. Um, we are going to get there. And when we get there, what are they going to be like on the pitch, which is obviously my job first and foremost. So since then, just been looking at them. I think obviously Andorra as a country is not the most successful national team in the world. Um, but they, they it's so close to Spain so close to France that, you know, they do pick up some sort of some ex-pros from those countries or, or, you know, top academy clubs who have let players go and they've ended up in the in this professional league. So, um, yeah, look, they, they, they've got a lot of Spanish players, a lot of players who've played for good clubs like Villarreal, Espanyol, Zaragoza. 
Marbella. But uh, at the same time, I, I, there are parallels, I think, between in the levels. And there are also areas we can exploit. So I'm watching them as much as I can. Uh, it's difficult to get a, a, a genuine feel for what the tempo of the games are like and what the physicality of the league is like. But from what I can see, we can compete. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it's still very early days um, in the preparation. Um, obviously, it's, I guess it's very weird coming into this um, this game, you know, so early in the in the footballing calendar, you know, pre-season. Uh, the season seems like it only finished a few weeks ago. Um, what have you found most challenging in getting, you know, the team ready for, you know, such competitive games much earlier than you normally would? Yeah, just... I think everything seemed a bit rushed. It seemed a bit rushed. I think in, in terms of friendlies, you probably, they're, they're quite in a condensed period. We're trying to fit in. I think we've got five before we play. Um, and, and five is ideal to build up to a game, but five in two and a half weeks is too many. Mm-hmm. So the players can't play, all play all five, if you know what I mean. So in an ideal world, we'd have another three or four weeks. We play five friendlies. And the players featuring all of them. I don't think that's probably the case because we'll end up with a few niggles and injuries and things. But we're making the most of it. I think that they're a professional outfit, but they're in their season's break, same as us. Their their league mirrors ours pretty much. So that's something that's often talked about. Our teams are in the middle of their season. That's not the case here. So yeah, I suppose they're in the same boat in that in that sense. You know, I don't know who they'd be having friendlies against, whether travelling across the border into Spain or, or what, I don't know. But, yeah, it, everything is accelerated. Everything feels a little bit more rushed. But we're making the most of, you know, a difficult situation, which is the same for Half for West, Connors, Key, TNS as well. Um, obviously, you yourself as a player had a few forays into Europe. Um, how will those experiences help you in your preparations? And have you noticed a difference, obviously, um, you know, since the last time you played in Europe um, to now? Yeah, I think when I was playing, um, we didn't have the information that we've got now. Right? You know, we used to go into games. The managers often went to see them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'd come back and they'd say to me, oh, the centre-half, he's, he's left-footed and he's playing on the right or the opposite normally. Um, or, you know, he's a bit weak in the air or he's very quick or, or you know, though, but relaying messages to me Rather now, I'll be able to show the players. I do have footage of them. Um, so that's changed. And I think we'll be much better prepared than the teams I played for, purely because of the internet and technology and and just evolution, I guess. Um, I think some of my experiences as a player, I can relay as well. There were games I played in where... I was confident, I was at it, and and I dominated um, and did really well in games. And there were other games where I probably let the game pass me by. Mm. Uh, I'm, you know, I remember we played Odense at the Liberty Stadium in the second round because we'd won the first round. And I played really well away from home, but at home I didn't, I didn't really feature in the game at all. Um, similar away in Tbilisi in Georgia. Um, game passed me by so I think sometimes the occasion can get the better of you 
Um, it's, it's certainly a subconscious thing, but it just before you know it, it's half time and before you know it, it's over. So I think I can try and pass those on. And we've got some players in the squad. Certainly Ashley Evans has played in Europe before. Chris Venables, probably more than me. And Mark Little and Sean McDonald, whilst they I don't they've played in Europe before, obviously their experiences, you know, second to none really. And it's interesting because I wonder before the draw was made, I was thinking, oh, that we could come up against some really good players. Sean McDonald, Mark Little, and Josh Yarworth will have played against players far better than the mm. Santa Coloma players. The likes of Wayne Rooney and playing alongside Gareth Bale and things like that. So there are levels, and those guys certainly won't be overawed by it. Absolutely. Um, so the game itself and 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 European football coming to coming to the town of Bridgend seemed to you know really capture the imagination of the town. Um, you know, obviously there's a core fan base at Penabont who will support you wherever you go. Um, how important do you think you know European football is for the club? and sort of for the town and even the wider area, um, you know, for the legacy um, that it can create for the club? I think it's very important. I'm not a Bridgend boy. I'm I'm a Cardiff boy, but I I feel like an adopted son now, and I've always loved Bridgend. Um, Grew up going down to the beaches, like most people in South Wales, I suppose. Um, But I've got to really know the town over the last, you know, seven years. And... But on a sporting level, I think the town's desperate for something to be proud of. The rugby's been struggling. It, it, it's not what it was as, as a rugby town. I don't know the ins and outs of why, but I feel like the town can really get behind the football club. If you look at you know, Newport and Merthyr, Newport were very well supported when they were in the Cymru, uh, sorry, the uh, Southern Premier. Merthyr is still well supported now. There's no difference in my eyes in t- terms of the size of the towns. I appreciate Newport's a city now. Um, and they can really get behind us as a town. And at the moment, they did in the Welsh Cup final, but in a general sense, I don't think people are getting behind us as much as they can. I think if they do, they'll have something to really be proud of. And after all, we're supposed to, we're a proud nation, aren't we? We're all proud of being Welsh and we'll argue with anyone about Welsh being Wales being the best and all this stuff. Let's start getting behind our own actions to speak louder than words. So how important do you think um progression, not only for Penabont, but you know, for the other sides playing Europe, Halford West, Connors Key, TNS, and um yeah, those three. Um, how important do you think progression is and for you? And the club and the league, you know, can you try and sort of put that into words? What it what it means um, for for the league and, and the clubs in it, um, if you know two out of four of them progress, or you know even hopefully all four progress in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think on a number of levels, um, TNS expect to progress. You know, Anthony Limbrick did a, a good job on domestic level, uh, but got the sack because they didn't progress. Um, mm-hmm. So a, a different pressure on them. With us, uh, Connors Key, and uh, have for West, I can't really speak for them, but I'd imagine that certainly Connors Key and ourselves were pushing to get Europe and pushing to, uh, expecting to get it. If not last year, it would have to be this year. We, we needed Europe financially. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Hathor West certainly working towards that. For us to get through the next round, it would almost be financially, it would be a huge bonus for us because um, we certainly haven't budgeted to be getting in double uh, or two rounds worth of prize money. So that's huge. I think the reputation of the league, it, the league is very good. You've got players now going into the football league from our league on a regular basis and doing well. Mm. So the league is very strong. The organisation, the, the level of coaching, all that is very strong. So the reputation needs to follow suit, really. The reputation is lower than the level itself, in my opinion. Mm. So that's a big factor. And also, the biggest thing is the media. You know, if, if we can get through, maybe the media will start getting behind us a bit more. We know, we know there's coefficient points at stake for the national team. But the media in Wales, they just don't do anywhere near enough. There's a there's a an, an onus on them, um, a responsibility really. You know, where the the Welsh national league and the Welsh national media need to get behind it. They should, regardless of success in Europe. You look at the Irish league. There's thousands watching every week, and it's big. It's big news in the media. If we can get through around. If TNS can have a bit of success, if TNS could get into a group stage, mm. if, if any of us could get into a group stage, the media will get behind it and hopefully it'll start to then evolve and become become bigger. Absolutely. Uh, totally agree. Um, so obviously, aside from Europe, uh, the Cymru Premier season is fast approaching. I'm sure you got one eye um, on the campaign. Um, you've made a few sign-ins, including your old teammate Chris Venables. Um, what are your aims for the upcoming campaign, if you can even <laughs> think too much uh, about it at the moment with Europe on the mind? Um, yeah, I just want to improve all the time. So I want I would love to win the Welsh Cup, obviously. Um, so I think that's that's a tough challenge. Um, but I if we keep getting in semi-finals and finals, eventually we're going to win it. So yeah. uh, that's the kind of way I look at that. Um, that would be unbelievable for the club and for me personally. In terms of the league itself, I just want to improve again, so I want to finish second. I think it's going to be harder this year again to finish third or, or fourth, if you think, sort of consider half the West up having finished fourth. So that's going to be harder, but I want to do better again. So... It's a challenge and the team's always evolving as well and your identity changes and different things. And it, so it's going to be a big challenge again, very tough. And I'm under no illusions that the likes of Newtown have for West, they're pushing hard, Pontecree pushing hard. So obviously Connors Key, TNS, Bala, it's going to be very difficult again, but you know we're up for the challenge. And when it, when it does start, we'll just try and do what we've, what we've always done one game at a time. Do you, do you think it'll give you an edge um in especially in the earlier um parts of the season considering you know by the time it comes around you you could have had at least two competitive games you know maybe even four could even be six you know how will that give you an edge or are you a little bit worried that there may be you know almost like a european hangover so to say I think physically, obviously, we'll be in a in a good place mm. you, you would imagine but yeah I think there's that I'd be more inclined to worry that we'll have a drop-off after Europe. Um, mm. I think it's, it's relatively common. So that's something I've got to try and prevent. 
but also in a general sense so we've always been the underdogs and I was never really an underdog as a player but I, I loved the tag as a, as a football manager and, and thrived in it and all, almost created it in a way we're not really the underdogs anymore um, there's a target on our back it's earned that target's earned and we should be proud of it but you know we've got to be We've got to be careful now a little bit that we don't start thinking we've cracked it because it's thin lines and before you know it we'll, we'll be several defeats in and already an uphill task so very conscious now that our dynamic and how we're seen by the rest of the league has changed and also how we probably see ourselves is changing and that's something that we need to be cautious of yeah uh definitely um Obviously, when it comes to uh, you've mentioned the sort of the financial benefits of Europe and especially, you know, progressing through a round in Europe is it can really be a game changer. You know, add that to your, your sort of uh, ambitions with the club, winning the Welsh Cup, you know, consistently qualifying for Europe. You know, where where do you see Penabont, you know, Penabont ceiling almost or or where they can progress to, you know, in in three years, five years, 10 years? You know, where can what where can you picture uh, Penabont being in those time periods? Well, it's ultimately full-time. Now, whether I'd be at the club at that point, whether I'd sort of hand over the reins for various reasons, I don't know. That would be a decision for the moment. But the league could go full-time and finance it going full-time, support the support this club properly in order for them to go full-time. Um, but also, if the borough get behind the club, if people start coming and we go and we start getting regular good attendances, I think the finances from within the club could mean that we could look at going full time. I don't think if you were to ask the board of directors, I don't want to speak for them, but if you were to ask them, are you dead against being full time in the future? I don't think they'd say, yeah, I think they'd say, well, if it was feasible, we'd do it. Mm. Uh, at the moment, financially, it's not feasible, but the main reason for that is lack of funding from the FAW and more importantly probably lack of uh, sort of fan engagement and gates gate receipts ultimately so that's what needs to change but I honestly think that there's, there's such when you look at the Welsh Cup final mm. the buzz around that you had hordes of Penabonk fans wearing our kind of uh, green training colours um walking the streets of Cardiff with flares and face paints and all this stuff. And it was huge. And there was over two, well over 2,000 there from Penabon went to the game. And then they didn't stay. Now for this European game, the brewery field will be sold out. Uh, and if it, so they're there, they're interested. The, the, the town get behind the club. Unfortunately, they don't stay. They stay for the big events. And we need them to stay. And if they do, the town's going to really thrive because obviously there are a lot of good players. It's a big town. And ge geographically, it's in a great spot. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, from, being from Bridgend, it, it's a thing that Bridgend's always struggled with in terms of, you know, it's a it's a thriving football community. You know, people love watching football, whether it is Cardiff, Swansea, you know, Premier League sides or, or you know, local football. You know whether it's coming premier all the way down down to the you know the bottom of the pyramid. There's a lot of engaged football fans, but Bridgend has never really had anything to show for it 
um, you know, on a professional level or or, or, or an elite level, let's say, um, you know, I don't think there's been a a, a men uh, a male cap for Wales since the seventies. You know, is is that something that you think about in terms of sort of delivering for Bridgend and the wider area? You know, is is bringing out and giving people the people of Bridgend something to be proud about within the town and the borough, rather than you know having to pin their hopes on a Cardiff or a Swansea or, you know, an English Premier League side? Well, they've already got something to be proud of. They just don't know it yet, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I genuinely feel that. I think that there's a lot of good football play. It's very entertaining. The commitment level is huge. Um, and it's already there and it'll grow if people get behind us. Uh, you know, I think because of, like I mentioned, the geographical side of it, um, banging between Cardiff and Swansea and M4 Corridor. You know, it's not difficult for us to attract good players. And if we're full-time, you know, we'll be tapping into Cardiff and Swansea and, you know, the players that they release will want to come to us over other clubs. It's that it'll work. It just needs people to get behind behind the team. And, and they... You're 100% right in what you're saying. The football in the town is huge. Um, there are a lot of good players. And everyone is talking about this European game. I've got players saying to me, oh, I need 25 tickets just for myself. And we're virtually sold out for the brewery field already. If It's unfortunate that Bridge End doesn't have a bigger stadium. Mm. If, you know, again... That's unfortunate, but the brewery field has, has become a little tired. And, and so, therefore, the capacity is not what it could be. But if you had a stadium with 5,000 seats in it, we'd sell them mm. for this game. So they just need to stay there. And I keep saying this, and it all, like almost sounds bitter, but if you're proud of being from Bridge End, start watching your football team. Mm. I, I don't, I, if you're proud of, of way of being well, start watching your national league a bit more. I'm not saying you have to totally disregard your Man United uh, support or whoever it is you like, Cardiff Swansea, but just get behind a bit more often. When they don't clash, get down there and watch it. I get frustrated sometimes right across, and I know you're a big Welsh football fan, so you'll echo these uh, words, but we're, we're such a proud nation, aren't we, in Wales? You know, everyone everyone's a proud Welshman, a proud Welsh person. And then we don't really support our our Welsh teams, our Welsh league, uh, and it is entertaining football. Um, would we compete with Man City? Probably not. But in terms of being entertaining, it's very entertaining, and it's yours. And I get so frustrated that people don't get behind it, and that goes right across the board. And I'd even say from the top of Welsh football all the way down to people coming to support us, there needs to be more support. So, please. Those that come on the day, it'll be a sellout uh, at the brewery field. No question about that. Um, it's already virtually sold out. Um, if it ended up going somewhere else for any reason, it would be, we'd, we'd get thousands there. So stay then. When we start the league campaign, stay because the survival of a club is it's imperative for that. Yeah. Yeah, we say it all the time. You, know, you can support, you know, uh, a Cymru league side and you can support you know a um a professional side as well because 
they 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 both co- can coexist. Um, obviously, um, you've mentioned earlier as well that um, uh, a few players have left uh, the Cymru Premier to go to um, to English football league sides. Obviously, Nathan Wood um, recently left Penabon to join Newport, following James Waite. Um, we've seen Tom Tweedy leave the academy to go to Burnley's academy. Um, it must be quite frustrating in a way to sort of lose these players because obviously they they benefit your team. Um, but I guess there's also a sense of pride to see them, you know, go on to to a professional level. Um, is 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 it a mix of emotions? You know, when you see someone like Nathan Wood leave, um, you know, for for English Football League club. Yeah, I think it depends on the individual circumstances of, of the player. You know, James Waite was frustrating because we had only just signed him. Well, I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him for us. I think he was, by now, I think he'd be, you know, competing for the golden boot. I think he's a real goal threat. Hmm. Um, and we didn't get to see that. Uh, uh, Tom Tweedy hadn't started making an impact for the first team yet. So to see him go off... Um, the emotions that he felt when he got his the news that he was going um, was amazing. And it didn't really have a massive impact on the team at the time. So whilst, again, by now, Tom would be probably a, a regular in the first team because he's extremely talented. But at the time, it didn't have a huge impact. So that, that was fine. Um, and then with Nathan, on a personal level, I was just, I know how hard he's worked, how much he wants it, how much he loves football, how much he wants to train every day. And he deserved it. And I, and I just felt like, I just felt like it was the right time for Nathan to move on and take a chance on something like that because, yeah, you know, I, I, it just felt like the right timing for him to move on. So obviously he's a loss to us. I think when he gets it right, he's such a good player. Mm. Um, Still improvements to be done at Welsh Premier level for him, uh, but no, you know, training every day now should bring that for him. And I just really hope he goes on and does well and, and remembers us. Yeah, absolutely. On the flip side, then you know, obviously uh, you've got um, players like Sean McDonald, Mark Little, Josh Yorath in the team who have previous um, football league experience, and you know, are coming are coming to you, you know, the other way around. Um, how important, you know, are those players, um, not only for yourselves, but, um, you know, the league, because um, obviously they are, they are littered throughout the league in, in clubs that all have ex-football you know, league players. Um, you know, obviously we've seen some people drop down from football league and and, and struggle to to make an impact and, and disappeared as quickly as they turned up. Whereas others, you know, like Sean, like Mark um, and like Josh have, have come, made an impact and, you know, helped improve yourself. Um, and and the standard of the league, you know, how important are those lads? Yeah, they are important. I think if they've got their own personal standards, then they are, they can you know be infectious across the group. You know, if they've got poor standards, it can have a negative effect. But I think you know you asked me earlier on about my experiences in Europe. Jason Bowen was a player I played with, probably the most talented player I ever played with. Well, not probably was, and um, in the in the European games, he was brilliant. You know, somehow they some, they just turn it on in the big. You know that that extra bit they've got, haven't played where they have. They just man, they often manage to find it. I'm not putting too much pressure on them, by the way, going <laughs> to the European games. But Jason Bowen was I can remember him being our best player in Europe. Uh, Sean McDonald 
turned it on when we were 3-0 down against TNS in the cup final. He came alive, scored a great goal, drove us forward. We went close to equalising. Um, and I, you know, I expect Josh and Mark as well to to stand up and, and be big performers on the day. So that, you know, that's over to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Griff, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate you uh, you taking the time to speak to us. Uh, best of luck for Europe and the rest of the season. Thanks, top man. Thanks, Ryan. There you go. That's uh, that's Rhys Griffiths, uh, Penabot manager. Um, really interesting. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, so yeah, big thanks to Rhys for coming on, and a big thanks to you for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Dirk Goodbye. <laughs>